I am in Hell's Kitchen and they may as well not have the kitchen part. It's just Hell's. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> just in Hell's. Welcome to Toe Tap Tuesday, the Interceptibles pod drag, the uh, hot take route. These are the names of the podcast. The Old Dirty Bastard Podcast, the Khaleesi of Podcasts, where we just have a lot of nicknames. I'm Zach Harper, we have Kian Fahid from New York City, not O'Fieldsburg, Ireland. There's a big building behind me. It's weird. I'm kind of There's a lot of big buildings behind you. There's a lot of big buildings around me. Yeah, that's how New York works. Yeah, apparently so. I didn't know. You didn't know there were big buildings in New York? <laughs> I didn't know. Right. It was, I didn't know. Look, I, I've been in, I was in New York for a month earlier this year, but I stayed up in, in Harlem. So it was like residential area, which is really cool. Sure. It was really fun. And I love being there for a month. This year I've stayed. I didn't book where we stayed, so I was near Times Square. And Ooh, that's not me. Times Square is literally right there, right behind me right now. And Times is, Square is hell. It's the worst place in the world. You step yeah. outside the ho- the the room or your hotel, and you're just people. You're just caught in the stream. It's, it's like in uh, the Lion King when the dude falls on the ground and there's a stampede. I've never seen of the people. Lion King. I've never seen the Lion King. How? Like what? What? How? Just never seen it. So wait, what, wait, a, what age were you when it came out? Oh, I was like of age to see it. Everyone I know has seen this movie. I just have never seen it to the point where now, like, people are so mad that I haven't seen it. I'm kind of like, you know, why, all right, why, why am I going to succumb to peer pressure? Speaking of the Lion King, Elton John also kind of ruined my week because Elton John was in Madison Square Garden all week with um, oh, what's the what's the New Jersey dude? Bruce uh, Springsteen, Billy Joel, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so there was no basketball, no hockey, or nothing on all week while I was oh, here, yeah. which is great. He also managed to do both of them, Brooklyn and New York. Which you should have gone to. You should have gone to uh, to Elton John. Elton yeah, I couldn't couldn't get tickets. Apparently, it was amazing. Wish I went. Yeah. Um, but anyway, New York. I'm out. Out on New York. Uh, you know who else should have been out on New York? The Giants. They shouldn't be winning. Also, I did learn this week. Do you know who else is out on New York? Well, the city at least. Eli Manning. Do you know where Eli Manning lives? Oh, definitely not in New York. New Jersey. It's like one of the best apartments in New Jersey. So Tom much Brady. cheaper. Tom Brady has an apartment like across the road over there. So there we go. Um, yeah, New York. <laughs> I watched this game in a bar. Did one of those tours, did you? One of those celebrity tours? <laughs> you come to LA in January, you're just gonna like go on the bus tour that shows you all the celebrity houses. I did not. Apparently, I, I know I know someone who covers a uh, business, and uh, apparently he bought a, an apartment. What does that mean? Covers business? Like a business writer, business journalist? Like what do you mean? That's not a thing. That's not a real thing. Like a finite like what? How is that not? A, that's like a normal that's journalist. A that's not. That's a, a real that's, journalist. I cover business. So what does that even mean? That doesn't mean that's anything. Like oh, I wrote stock this, market and all this that kind place. Of crap. This place bought this place. This place yeah, paid that's, for that's this. This place went under. That's, that's not a thing. Out of here. Opposed to us who were talking so about this sports. journalist you're talking to, what did they say? Well, apparently Brady bought a bought an apartment in a, under a different name, just you know, so he can hide it all. And all. Yeah, it's right next to Central Park. It's a really really fancy area. But anyway. I watched this Giants Fire Niners game in a bar, which was a lot of fun. Not for anyone else in the bar except for me, because Giants fans have that full on depression right now. So there was a yeah. there was a punt at the at the end of the first drive and the uh, the Giants punter punts it away. And as the ball is in the air and the punt returns waiting for it, a guy behind me shouts, Oh he's gone, he's gone <laughs> expecting the guy to come back before he's even caught the ball. And then afterwards it's just everyone hates Odell, which I did not realise yeah. it was that bad. 
Yeah, it's weird that people hate Odell. I don't know why people hate Odell Beckham. I really is it the hair? Like he's so much fun. He's so good. I don't understand why people are out on Odell because he went on a boat. <laughs> he's too much. I like love a, boats. He's too much like an NBA player. Oh, that's actually that's a good point. That's he is too much like an NBA player. That's why they hate him. But um, no, the, like, the Giants just feel pointless because you know they're not gonna. Like, it is the NFC East, so anything can happen. But it feels so pointless because they're trying to win games and. The 49ers, like, they got to that point in that game midway through the third quarter. It was very clear that they were the better team. And then they lost from that point, which is what you want to do when you're tanking. They know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, they let let Josh Chosen Rosen Blosen get a get a dumb victory. They let Eli Manning get a dumb victory. Just stacking these losses. Stacking and that draft. Also, critically, because, you know, Matt Barkley came back this week and he looked great for the Bills and all that. But remember, you don't remember this because you weren't watching Chicago Bears football three years ago. I was watching Chicago Bears football. Why were you watching Chicago Bears football three years ago? I, wa- I watch football. Like, what do you want from me? I watch football. Did you watch them? Did you watch the Bills Jets game this weekend? I saw highlights. I didn't watch. Yeah, I was at. I was at. Well, I was at the Rams game, so they're not easy to to get access to everything. So, when the the Bears had like their shitty time before they got to Trubisky, they had Matt Barkley on their team, and for like a month, it was like, oh, Matt Barkley looks really, really good. But then he did that collapse just in time so they, before they got into the offseason where it was like, yeah, he's been bad enough now, we can move on from him. Thankfully, they got that pretty quickly from Nick Mullins because he was not good last night. He's very clearly not it. He doesn't have the arm for this, which is what you expected, but you don't also don't want that stuff to linger and carry on. Monday Night Football, it was about as pointless as you expected it to be. Yeah, I just all I want from the 49ers are competitive losses. That's all I want. Well, that's what you got last night. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I asked for. Like this, that's the that's the sweet spot of tanking. Just give me a competitive loss, but give me the loss. Competitive losses and a bunch. Actually, we should ask you since you're there. They were all using oxygen tanks, and because the air apparently is really bad. Really bad. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, I'm not there. I'm about. Well, they had five the whole, they had the whole five of California. They showed the yeah. Whole there, I mean, there's there's Southern California is also on fire right now, uh, but Northern California. Yeah, the smoke is so bad there. Like, um, I'm a little surprised that they played the game. I guess it's far enough south where it's not it's not right in the thick of it, but that's uh, the air quality there is horrendous. Well, they're talking about moving the Rams. If you want to transition to your Rams game, they're talking about moving away from Mexico next week, and your Rams just beat Seahawks in Los Angeles. They did. That was a fun game, really fun game. Uh, Aaron Donald is good. Todd Gurley is good. Jared Goff is good. Nah. Uh, Cooper Cup's knee is not good. He collapsed right in front of me. When by right in front of me, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit up in the stands, but like right sight line with me. Uh, that looked uh, looked bad when it happened, and you can tell he's kind of done. But the Rams, uh, Rams, you know, keep winning, and Russell Wilson keeps covering. Like, that's just kind of what both teams do. Cup's injury is kind of a significant one. Like, I know he's a third receiver, but he's also a guy they asked to do quite a bit. Like, like yeah. he, I, the, one of the things I, t- I think I talked about in the pod previously where – Sean McVay is using wide receivers in the positions you normally use tight ends to sell play fakes, and, and he, they come down and they down block on edge defenders, and it makes it tougher to anticipate the play action plays. That's why they get so much space and so much space for the receivers and the quarterback. Um, Cup was part of that. Robert Woods did it at times. Cup did it at times. It allowed their kind of versatility. But Josh Reynolds is pretty good too. Josh Reynolds. Yeah, is, he's good. He can play. He's one of these NFL players who's going to hang around for a while because he doesn't do anything spectacularly well. He's not going to run like Sammy Watkins. He's not going to like he's not going to run like Brandon Cooks. He's not going to be as consistent as Robert Woods or as precise a route runner as Robert Woods. 
But he's going to be in there and he's going to have that big body and he's going to get be in the right spots and he's going to catch the ball more often than you, than you need or as, as often as you need him to. He's not going to make spectacular plays, but he'll fit into that offense and they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. I also think, like, I know they don't use their tight ends a ton in, in receiving, but I think they will use them more. But both tight ends got a touchdown this past week, um, which is probably more random than by design. But, uh, but I do think they will use it a lot more. Gerald Everett's really, really talented. I mean, that's kind of one where if he was on a team that had to force him the ball. Actually, this is something they were talking about a lot last night with uh, George Kittle and the 49ers. George Kittle's really, really good. And they, yeah. <clears throat> one of the stats they used for George Kittle was, oh, he's getting 31% of his offense's uh, output, usage, whatever, you want to, whatever way you want to put it. And that's higher than Travis Kelsey, and it's higher than whoever else they had up there. It's like, he's 31%, the next guy was 25%, and the next guy was 20%. That's not really an argument that he's really good. It's an argument that that's the way their offense works, and that's the way their offense is, is that level of talent. If you took a guy like Gerald Everett and you put him in that 49ers offense, he'd probably have a very, very similar career right now. But because he's yeah. in that Rams offense, he's getting overlooked. So if they do have to kind of adjust and mold their shape or identity a little bit until it puts more on his plate, they'll be fine. That, that will work. Like he's that, that, he is that good. Yeah, I also don't, I don't know that his hands are that great, but I think Higby's pretty good too. I think Higby can play. Yeah. Higby, Higby is one of those guys who, if he could consistently catch a ball and consistently play to his potential, he'd be one of the better tight ends in the league. Yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, Cup is Cup's really good, and he's he's a big part of what they do. But they can fill in with with Reynolds, with Higby, with Everett. So I yeah, think they'll it, be okay. It's kind of annoying that the Rams have all these guys because they don't need them. <laughs> there are teams out here. They, I don't even think they know how to use them all. Like they don't. Like they just they have too many weapons. Like the, the Bills are out here still trying to Kelvin Benjamin, trying to get him to catch jump balls. Like come on, God. It's amazing he's still in the league. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers destroyed the Carolina Panthers this past week. And you say this doesn't mean anything. Tell me why. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a high. Tell me why. You really Tell me why. You really think I'm not going to video that dance move? Um, video it. What do you think I did it for? You think I don't know him on camera? <laughs> I thought you were just showing me, giving me a private show. Um... <clears throat> <laughs> Tell me why. Um, yeah, so Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> over recent seasons has been this the most... This podcast is so dumb. Oh, it is. Uh, it's been gone for a week, and it's just straight back to this dumb, dumb shit. Um, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger over recent years has been the most inconsistent quarterback from week to week, and he's had these games where he's been pretty much perfect, and... He had one against the Colts that was notable. He had one against, I can't remember the other team he had against. He had two in a row a couple of years ago. And you look at it and you think, oh yeah, he's turned the corner. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be great this week, this year again. And from now on, they're going to be one of the better offenses in the league. And history just says that's not the case. Other part of this, which is more significant in my mind. So you're going to discount week the first one because the first one was on Thursday night before the start of week one. So there is no short week leading up to it. But on Thursday night fo- football games this week, there have been nine with a short week. So where a team plays on Sunday and the two teams play on the Thursday. Yeah. Three times in those ga- in those nine games, a quarterback has thrown for at least five touchdowns. So if you take all all other games so far this year, and I added all these up myself today, that's how bored I am in New York, that you have all the, every other game outside of Thursday nights, and including the week one game, because there was no short week there, you get 139 games. In those games, quarterbacks have thrown for at least five touchdowns on three occasions. So, home quarterbacks on short weeks throw for five-plus touchdowns 33.3% of the time. 
all other quarterbacks in all other games and other situations, including the road quarterbacks on short weeks, throw for uh, five plus touchdowns at 1.01% of the time. So this is so the, the, the first one is more. A little more often. A yeah. li- just a little bit more. So this is very clearly an anomaly and very clearly a massive benefit of playing at home on, 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 a, on a short week against a defense that has to travel. So that's part of what happened. I still think the Panthers are a really good team, and I still wouldn't be kind of thinking the Steelers have solved all their issues. Like, the other part of that is, like, they had that fumble on the kickoff return. They had the offense wasn't at where it should be. That contributed to it as well. It was all a little bit more rusty than it has been in recent weeks, and that happens. If this is something that happens over a couple of weeks, and this is something we're going to talk about with the Patriots in a while, but if this is something that prolongs itself over the next three or four weeks, sure, we can take some real uh way to account re- re- adjustments real adjustments to what we think about each team but for this one-off game i don't really care let's talk about offensive genius one of the best coaches in football greg williams has unlocked baker mayfield and his potential baker mayfield has a huge game this week clearly greg williams is responsible now that hugh jackson's out uh, now that todd haley's out so let's let's give greg williams his due um even though he's a piece of shit and Hugh Jackson has been signed by the Cincinnati Bengals already, which is weird because obviously he's Hugh Jackson and was awful. But it's also weird because you don't normally get to go straight back into a role. You normally have to wait till the off season. Marvin right. Lewis and Hugh Jackson are friends, and he was there previously. I actually don't really have an issue with that hiring because they they had him there before, so they they obviously know his character is not going to be that much of a problem for them. And he was successful there, and they also get to play the Browns twice, so that's intense. He should. He just shouldn't be a head coach, right? Yeah. Or at least not right now. Like he's not good enough, but he's fine to be a, an assistant, a coordinator, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. If you if you can give him a very specific role to do, he'll probably be very good at it. Um, but let's coffee and bagels. Just go get coffee and bagels, and I think that's. I think he, well, he'll probably fuck that up, but he can and, find a way. Another reason New York is trash. Bagels are overrated. Um, <laughs> bagels aren't good. Mean? What does that even mean? Bagels aren't good. I'm out on bagels. Bagels aren't good. What does that mean? They taste like crap. If, it's like eating cardboard. If I give you a, if I, if I give you a bagel, and I say here's a bagel, you can put whatever you like, cream cheese or lox or whatever. Here's just some butter, or like jam, whatever, it preserves, whatever you Irish eat. Uh, if I give you a bagel, you will say absolutely not. I'm not eating that. Nope. Give me real bread. Bagels are terrible. It's, it's bread. It's bread not. is bread. It's not bread. Bread there's nice bread and there's bad bread and bagels are bad bread. <laughs> and Greg Williams is getting bread. That's where we can transition back to what we were actually talking about. Um... <laughs> Greg Williams of, of asserting bagels right now. Um, well, that could have been one of the jobs he was offered. You don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Baker Mayfield had a big game statistically this weekend. Had a really efficient game, had like two completion, uh, incompletions, I think. It brings up an interesting thing, because when you have Hugh Jackson's offense, it puts way too much on the quarterback. Very clearly not good for the development of the quarterback, not good for the offensive output on the short term, not good for the short term, long term. Nothing good from what Hugh Jackson does. Right. Freddie Kitchens has gone in the opposite extreme. Everything they did at the weekend was extremely cautious. Everything they did was simplifying for the quarterback. 
There were screens. It was a lot of under center play action. There was a lot of motion before the snap. There was a diamond formation that they were using where you have one running back to your left, one running back to your right, and one running back behind you while you're in pistol. And they were using route combinations out of that that left, allowed Mayfield to get rid of the ball very quickly. So what Freddie Kitchens did was take an offense that wasn't working and get the most out of that offense as a whole, get the most out of those skill position players. He's using Duke Johnson. He set up Nick Chubb up for more success. And it's just a better offense. But here's a philosophical angle. Is Baker Mayfield going to get better in that offense? Is he doing anything there that's going to help elevate his skill set and make him better, a better player, a more consistent player? Or is he being babied so much? And I don't expect an answer to this because I don't think there is an answer to this. Is he being babied so much that he's not being asked to do enough and he's not being tested enough? I don't know what is right and what is wrong because I look at a guy like Andy Dalton, who is the exact same quarterback he's been since he's entered the league. He had perfect set, uh, scenarios around him, perfect supporting casts was kind of asked to do what he could do and slowly has asked to do a little bit more and couldn't do it. Then you have other quarterbacks, a guy like I think the best option or the best guy to come to mind right now is Andrew Luck, who was just thrown in there and said, hey, make everything work. And he's gotten better and he's gotten better as the years have gone on. So I don't think there's a very specific, there's a specific answer. I think other people might have more input in that and more ideas in that. But it's the, it's the, the in the micro sense, what Freddie Kitch- Kitchens is doing in, on, for the offense in Cleveland is the right thing. They're getting more out of their offense. They're getting more out of everyone on that field. I just don't know if it helps long-term or not. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting discussion because, to me, it looks like... like I think if you simplify things for a rookie quarterback who's been thrown into a very chaotic situation, um, you can kind of build that confidence, right? And so, not that Baker Mayfield is lacking for confidence, but you build confidence yeah. on field. <laughs> right, you, but you build it on field, and it's different than feeling like I can go in there and do this and like going out there and actually doing it. And so I do think that's a huge positive in Baker's development. It's a huge positive for the, for the Browns, but there is a real ceiling on just going that route, right? Like there's a real ceiling on like and a low ceiling on how much you build up Baker. Eventually he's got to be able to make plays. He's got to be able to be tested. He has to venture outside that safety zone of being, of what he's being asked to do. I don't know that you need to do that this year, but yeah, if they're going to, have this moving forward over the next three years four years then i think that hurts his development when's the last time you woke up feeling dangerous what last time i woke up feeling dangerous baker mayfield said after the game he woke up feeling dangerous today i woke i wake up feeling dangerous every day just to yourself though i never know when i'm gonna get fired (laughs) hey i've seen you tweeting it's gonna be soon oh it's gonna be real soon it's fun i'm looking forward to it uh, the Jaguars, they're turning the corner. It's a good thing, right? No. <laughs> they're turning in the wrong corner. Yes. Yeah, okay. Like I've done many times in this city because it's terrible sign <laughs> bosses. Um, yeah, look. I, 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 well, I hold I, on a second. Blake Bortles, 320 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, he can go replace Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco next year, I think, and then you'll be happy supporting Blake Portals and the 49ers. Um, look, I, I didn't watch this game live, and I was talking to someone afterwards, and they said the Jaguars were a disaster. They were blown coverages all over the place. Part of it was injuries, but it was also part of it was luck, kind of manipulating their defensive backs and attacking them and moving them around and getting the ball out quickly. There were some beautiful play designs in this, especially one screen early on from Frank Reich where T.Y. Hilton lined up in a... 
a stack tight to the formation. A stack is when he's behind the tight end, not on the line of scrimmage. And he, the tight end was the initial blocker. You got your right tackle out and your center out, and it was just beautifully designed. And you're using the athleticism of Ryan Kelly at center to work, to pull the offense apart, to pull the defense side to side. But with that all said, you can very clearly see the flaws of this Jaguars team. Jalen Ramsey's getting beaten down, getting blamed for everything, and everyone's rejoicing in him having to be humbled or whatever. Which, by the way, I don't understand at all. You're a reporter, and you're like, all you want is quotes, and the guy gives you amazing quotes, and now you it want to kill him. It gives you everything you want! Yes, it doesn't make any sense! Like, you guys are always talking about how, oh, we, we need more content, we need ways to create content, and you're struggling with it. And it's like, this guy gives you content, and he's not going to do it anymore because you're assholes to him when it turns the other way. Right. But anyway, you, these last month last three weeks four weeks the defense has underperformed it hasn't been awful but it's underperformed and it's just really highlighted the tiny margin for error they've given themselves with that quarterback and with that offensive coaching staff and with that head coach and you, you're at the point now where their season looks like it's over and this has to be a reset button it has to be get the coach out of there get the quarterback out of there you probably don't want to draft someone you probably want to be looking at that free agent market and trying to find someone it if they keep Tom Coughlin, like that could be an Eli destination. It could be a Joe Flacco destination, which is not going to change anything. So hopefully they move on from Coughlin as well and go to an actual well, actual quarterback. All right, I don't think I don't think Flacco's good necessarily, but that's an upgrade. Maybe yeah, you just need maybe you just need marginal to make this Jaguars thing work, right? Like a healthy Fournette, marginal quarterback instead of Blake Bortles. Like maybe that's. I mean, I, I'm probably grasping at straws here, but I, like Eli. No, I don't think Eli can really throw anymore. So, um, so I don't, I don't think he's the answer. But I think Flacco at least can throw the ball. By the way, you missed probably one of the surest examples of Eli not being able to throw the ball last night, where Odell releases from the left side, the cornerback's dropping off in the zone, drops outside of him, the safety drops inside, and Odell's just he gets a free sprint, so it's Odell's and he's gone. He has gone right down the seam, wide open, 40 yards away from Eli. And Eli's pass goes, instead of going like on a flash, like that way, Eli's pass goes up and up and up and well, you gotta, up. And to throw it far, you got to throw it up. That's what yeah, they say. Yeah, and it's like, some, it's like someone lit a little fire under it, like, you know, a hot air weather balloon. They just stayed up there for a while. And then eventually it came dropping down and dropping down. And by this point, Odell has literally turned around and stopped and has to wait for the ball to come down. And as it arrives, two players, one from either side, just comes and clatters him and takes oh. him out. And it's just... Odell had a, a 70 yard touchdown and instead he just got flattened and then after the game it was like man Beckham really needs to be better <laughs> it's just it's oh so my god <laughs> alright what about uh, oh my guy Marcus Mariota your guy best QB in football that's my guy he's been my guy love him I don't. I need to start keeping track of who was your guy and who was he's my, my guy. favorite quarterback he's literally my favorite quarterback really how's yeah, that yeah he's work? just been I don't know. I've just, uh, you know, actually, it's a dumb thing. <laughs> really? With you? I'm surprised. It's a, it's a dumb thing. It's that I'm in one fantasy football league, and it's like a go. dynasty league with my friends. And so I've had him since he came in the league, and he's been very good for me, even though my team's really shitty. And so, uh, and so like, yeah, I've kind of attached myself to him. And I was like, I was in on him over Winston and all that stuff. Not that that's a, uh, it's just flipping a coin and picking at the time, but it was, um, but yeah, like I, I think he's he's my favorite quarterback to watch because I like I like that he can scramble. I like that he throws. Until like two weeks ago, he had never thrown a, a red zone interception. Like I just I think he's good and he's hampered by a poor design. Yeah, it's fitting that you like him while your team was trash because that's the same thing the Titans fans have been able to say for the last couple of years. <laughs> um, 
So we didn't have a pod last week, but last week's Monday Night Football performance, which I watched, like, I, my flight was leaving at 5am, and the game ended at 4am, and I had just watched that, and just was awake for, like, 72 hours straight, it was great. But, um, that game, like, that performance, I, I don't know how it was covered the day after, I don't know how people talked about it the day after, because I wasn't paying attention, that was one of the best performances I've seen from any quarterback in years. And it's not just that he made throws or whatever, it's that, I think they had seven or eight third and eight pluses where he just converted throwing the ball like that's not normal that's not what you know nobody does that and he did it because he's got that comfort back where he's moving in the pocket and he's got that natural or that kind of uh that diagnosing ability that ability to figure out where to go with the ball at the right time and get the ball out before the pass rush and you saw it again this week this week was a little bit different because that Patriots defense is just not good it's just like Belichick, when they go against the better teams, Belichick schemes them up brilliantly and it helps a lot because those teams aren't used to seeing uh, opposing teams that can scheme them properly and then it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. But when that scheming isn't as much or isn't as impactful, you can just go after these guys. The guys like, like there was one play where he checked the ball into the, into the flat to Janu Smith. Janu Smith, back up to the end, he's fine, not, nothing special, nothing great. Janu Smith just catches the ball, turns, and Patrick Chung comes flying at him and just goes completely past him, and John Smith runs on the sideline for like 20 extra yards. And Corey Davis, they couldn't cover all game. Corey Davis had a phenomenal touchdown uh, where he motioned from the right, moved into the inside seam on the left, ran a, a fade route into the end zone and beat Stefan Gilmore. And part of that was a beautiful design with Matt LaFleur because he put him on, on a spot where he had loads of space outside and they knew it was man coverage. So they had Mariotta could then make it a relatively easy throw for him because he's got that ability to make those type of touch throws. But the weird thing about it is the Patriots were trying to stop that offense, and all they had to do was stop Corey Davis. There was no one else on that offense doing anything. They have only one receiver right now. The other guys, Taewon Taylor is not great, but even he's hurt right now, so they're using Darius Jennings and some guy whose name I can't pronounce as well. So for the Patriots to lose that game against that team is pretty startling, and a lot of it comes back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not playing well right now, man, and he hasn't been playing well. And Ooh. we we Ooh, had this we, we had this question. The third best of all time, though. If you said that, because if I say that, they'll, they'll get mad at me. Number uh, one, Joe Montana. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Tom Brady. Yeah, Peyton needs to be there. Um, but we had a conversation about this a month ago with Brady, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do this with him because he, he will turn around. He has turned around over the years. We're a month later, and he's still playing pretty bad. He's got this level of, like, so the thing with Brady throughout his whole career has been, there's just, everything's clear. It's complete clarity. As soon as he gets the ball in his hands, he knows where, where he's going. He knows what the defense is doing. Right. Now there's this moment of hesitation. And you saw it on one of the early plays where Edelman runs a slant from a five-wide set and he's wide open and Brady looks at him. And Brady's looking directly at him. There's no one in his eye line. And Brady's just like, oh, wait, do I throw the ball? Wait, do I not? Hold it. Oh, wait, what do I do? Okay, well, I need to throw the ball. And then he throws the ball and Edelman's already gone past the spot. The ball falls behind him and Edelman gets clattered by a defender. And it's like, that's not Tom Brady. That's never been Tom Brady. And he's been like this for a month now. This is a time where it's not looking like the, the Patriots are going to be this AFC contender we expected them to be. And maybe, 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 I can't believe I'm going to say this, oh. maybe that door is opening for that other team in Los Angeles that I don't buy into. You think they're charging ahead? Charging. Well, you going to lock the door on this on this joke? You know, you know, do the deadbolt. I'm waiting for you to come up with a Philip Rivers joke to, to, to for it to work. I mean, look, he, if he faces if he faces this uh, this Patriots defense in the playoffs, 
Just call him Fill It Up Rivers. He's going to fill up the stat sheet. All kinds of points. Also, now we're working Phil. Okay. That, that <laughs> I, I, I was expecting you to say I was expecting you to say I was expecting you to say the door had been bolted and the horse was gone or something awful like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Only the best jokes here. Uh, the Saints murdered the Bengals. Even without, even after losing Des Bryant. Huge loss. <laughs> it, it, it actually did have an impact, though, because of the way they have to run their offense. They had, like, they had three wide receivers, I think. Traquan Smith, uh, some dude named Frank Frankensberger or something. I couldn't say his name. And is, uh, uh, Austin is, Kerr. Is Traquan Smith good? It's an like, honest question. I'm not, uh, like, I, I, don't I don't know, know if, I, if he's good or yeah. if Drew, like... So, so here's the thing. Neither do I, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about with them, because... For as long as Drew Brees has been there, they've had five receivers who they would make use of, three running backs they'd make use of. Like, Travers Cadet used to come in and off, on and off the field, and he'd only ever come in to catch a routes. Like, they would never use yeah. him as a running back. And then they had other guys who, like, was it um, Pierre Thomas was the one running back they had who could run ball and catch the ball and line up anywhere in the field. Everyone else filled very specific roles. And it was the same with their wide receivers. Like, Marcus Colson was considered their best receiver. But he was just a big slot. He wasn't anything special. Lance Moore was just a possession receiver. They had guys who filled specific roles, and Breeze made it all work. And now it's completely different. Now you've got Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the league. Mark Ingram is one of the best running backs in the league. And it's a top-heavy offense, which is fascinating because it changes the way the play calling works. But in this game specifically, they just went after the linebackers all game. And this, the Bengals are notorious for having slow linebackers. So, and they did this to the Buccaneers earlier in the year where they spread the field out. They got Michael Thomas in crossing routes. They got Alvin Kamara in option routes. They used play action to attack the middle of the field all the time. And it was just too easy. And that's how you wind up scoring 51 points. But this Saints team, like, remember after week one, we all kind of looked at them and went, oh, this is, this is the team who's going to be our big disappointment this year. This is the team we all thought was going to be good and is going to do nothing and be like 4-12 and 12 or whatever it is. They're looking like one of the very best teams in the league, and unlike the Rams and the and the Chiefs, you can kind of argue that their defense is pretty good at this point too. I I do think they're the best team in the in the NFC right now. Like I if they if they even if the NFC Championship game was in LA, um, based on how the two teams are playing right now, like I would pick the Saints. I do think the Rams defense will become fixed when Talib comes back and he gets back into game shape because it stops Marcus Peters from having to cover the best player and it kind of moves everyone back into roles where they're much more comfortable and much more capable of of accomplishing what their role is um, but the Saints team just seems too dangerous like and, they, and when, and when offense is just so good and when Dante Fowler stops doing dumbass shit and giving away penalties over and over again that'll help too stupid penalties in that game just stupid ones I know I'm notorious for hating on Jared Goff but that's not what this is but the difference between the Saints and the Rams for me really is that they've got Drew Brees and having Drew Brees is oh yeah of course they're huge I think I think I mean I think Goff is a lot better than than you give him credit for but there's a huge gulf between between Goff and Brees obviously but there's also um, Drew Brees to this point and like so two years ago Drew Brees faded in week 17 because his arm he had to throw the ball so much he had to carry that offense and again this year I don't know what his numbers are for throwing the ball but in terms of making like deep throws in terms of like tr- going like I think I guess it's a baseball thing really where guys go full 
like they throw 100 miles per hour all the time or they don't do it all the time and they try and rest it and limit what they're doing that's kind of what it is with the Saints and he's had a relatively easy season to this point and, and honestly it's why I probably wouldn't talk about him as MVP that much because he's fitting a role he's doing something phenomenal he's playing really 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 well but he's filling a role in that offense that isn't the same as like what Mahomes is doing Mahomes is being asked to do a lot more than Breeze Mahomes can do it because he's a lot younger Breeze is older he has to be looked after but when it comes to the playoffs it's going to be a big benefit for them all right, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you say he's turning a corner. Uh, Robinson's obviously looking good. Uh, Khalil Mack is – Khalil Mack, he had that play. He, like, sheds a – I, I, I think it might have been, like, a tight end kind of just, like, bumping him. Chipped but he, like, sh- yeah, chipped – he sheds this guy. He just runs over an offensive lineman and then and then takes down Matt Stafford. I was like, that play, I must have watched that highlight 20 times. I was dying. Like, it's – it's such a funny play because these grown men, I just have zero chance against him. I think my favorite part of that video is, and if you go back and watch it, just before Mac actually touches the guy, you can tell straight away he's gone because he's like, he's standing there, he's like kind of bouncing his feet and then his hands are out. His hands are out, but they're not out to anywhere specific. They're just out in front of him. He knows what's coming and it's just he just gets completely run over. And they, they've really managed that really well because... They knew they had a tougher stretch in their schedule coming up, and they arrested him. They did not mess around with him. They did not mess around yeah. with Allen Robinson. And both of those guys look really good because of it. Robinson, early this year, and I've talked about it already, but early this year, he did not have that athleticism that he had in Jacksonville. He was slow. He was letting defenders get onto his body and stay on his body, and that's not normal for him. In this game, he was explosive. He got he got guys off the line of scrimmage. He beat them. He made plays after the catch. He made guys miss. And then his long touchdown down the right sideline, he made a beautiful adjustment on a back shoulder throw that wasn't Miller's good thrown. too, by the way. Anthony yeah. Miller, he's good. Yeah, I watched him in college. He was a weird guy in college because he would drop these easy passes on quick outs and he caught a lot of passes because of the offense he was in. But you can see the explosiveness and they've kind of got the best of him so far in his rookie year. My only thing with him is I'm, I, I don't know how consistent he is and we're going to find that out over the course of the season. From Trubisky's point of view... Accuracy was fine this week. Mechanics were good this week. They looked better. The big thing for me was, and I've never seen him do this before, so this is completely new. This isn't something I anticipated before the year. I thought it was going to be a part of his game. He was audibling, audibling like crazy throughout this game. He set up so many big plays for them by changing the play completely and attacking the specifics of what the Lions were doing. And that's if he's doing that now, and if his accuracy stays where it is, this is, again, is a team we're going to have to push for higher up in the NFC because we kind of don't really talk about them. We talk about the Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs, and then it's a drop-off. If they yeah. sustain this consistency from the last couple of weeks, that this is a team that's right there with all those other teams. Yeah, they're very... I mean, they have, Do you think they... I don't know what to make of Jordan Howard. Um, do you think that they can run the ball enough to... Or, and I don't even know if you have to balance it out, right? Like, you don't, you don't necessarily have to have an even amount of passing, right? But it just against a team that will kind of load up on the pass against them, do you think that they can counter that by Jordan Howard being effective enough as a runner? Every time they give Jordan Howard the ball, it feels like they're wasting snaps, and it's just because Terry Cohn is such a better fit than what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think Jordan Howard's really good, but I think running him from shotgun up the middle over and over and over again behind an offensive line that doesn't create running lanes is only going to ever give you two, three, maybe a six-yard gain every so often, and it, just, it stalls the offense a little bit. I think the question there is kind of, is Jordan Howard good enough? Yeah. Is the way they use him and is that supporting cast to set him up for success good enough? No. You've got to stay with Cohen. And it's a difficult one because he entered the season as the better back, as the more senior back, and he hasn't really done anything to lose that job. He hasn't been 
fumbling all the time or playing really badly. It's yeah. just it's just the way... Cohen's dangerous, right? Yeah. Like Cohen just has that spark or whatever you want to call it, that yeah. burst that he that it's hard to account for. He creates space, and when he gets in space, he takes advantage of it so well. And it's it's not even like it's not even like he's just slightly better than an average running back. He's one of the better running backs in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, Cal- before we get to picking games, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys win 27-20. Um, you tell me why I should care about either of these teams. <laughs> you probably shouldn't. I just don't. I just don't. Like, I don't care about the Cowboys anymore. I'm sick of hearing about them. I don't care about the Eagles at this point. Like, all right, defending champs, all that. Love that they got the championship. But I just, I don't know. Whatever it is about these two teams, like, I'm just, I think I'm oversaturated with talking about these two teams. Do you love that they got the championship? Yeah, I'm, I'm in on... I'm in on cities finally getting to celebrate a championship so they can realize that life is still meaningless and didn't actually help them. (laughs) (laughs) Happen with the Cubs, happen with the the Eagles, like happen with Cleveland, with the with Cavaliers, like yeah. I hate I hate doing these dating analogy things, but it's like the the guy who's just pointing after the girl for years that gets her like, nope, this was not worth it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But they (laughs) <laughs> I had thoughts on this, but they're completely gone out of my head right now. And uh, we had a question that was asked about um, John DeFlippo and Frank Reich being gone from this coaching staff and that impacting the Eagles' offense. I think it has impacted in a slight degree. I think Carson Wentz's mechanics have taken a small step backwards, but I don't think that's the reason the offense is less effective this year. It's simply a matter of regression. They had a season last year, the same way the Falcons two years prior to that, had a season that everything was going perfect. And I know you point to, hey, Jason Peters got hurt, Carson Wentz got hurt, uh, who else got, did someone else, some other key players got hurt, sure. But what was actually happening on the field, there was very, very, very little like self-inflicted wounds, very few mistakes. I think that they, the only one that really stands out to me was against the Broncos in a game they had already won by 50 points or so. So this year, you're kind of having these little issues. You're having... The ball's slightly off target to Zach Ertz at the end of the game, and slightly off target early in the game, he still caught it. But slightly off target at the end of the game, and that's the difference between you converting a first down and not converting a, a first down. And last year, they did that all the time, and it worked perfectly. This year, everything's slightly a little bit worse because humans are inconsistent, and that's just the way football and sports works. Uh, before we get to picking games, I want to tell a little story that's probably not that interesting, but uh, I was at the Rams-Seahawks game, and I had this guy who, probably in his 40s, maybe late 30s but probably in his 40s Seahawks fan sitting in front of me um and and he was with his dad and this guy was like just the perfect epitome to me of a football fan in that he's like calling it like from the first from the first time Seahawks line up on offense he's like and it it was he sounded a lot like Bill Simmons like just his voice sounded a lot like Bill Simmons there was a lot of like like oh uh, this is a horrible Bill Simmons impersonation, but uh, he's like, he's like, no, but this is how this guy sounded. So this guy sounded like a, an extreme version of Bill Simmons' voice. It was like, he's like, oh, Lockett's on the, he's there's no one deep. Lockett's on the on the outside. Throw a bomb to Lockett. They're gonna throw a bomb to Lockett. First play, get a score. They run the ball. It's like just the, like every time he called out an <laughs> offensive play that was about to happen, the exact opposite happened. And like he's like just lying to himself about, oh, that's a first down he's lying to himself about oh that penalty is correct like he's lying to himself about like oh this review all this stuff like everything like it was just this quintessential sports fan just lying to himself about everything to make himself feel better about the seahawks game and i just like this is a really shitty thing it's a really petty thing but i was so happy the seahawks lost because of how annoying this guy was like that's just where i was mentally during that game so i really that enhanced my at first it, it really lessened my viewing experience but then it really enhanced it by the end of the game 
I am the uh, the least snob person you'll ever meet in the world, but I will not watch football games with anyone. And that's that guy is the reason why. I feel a similar way about basketball. Like just I like the idea of going to a basketball game as a fan at this point um, doesn't give me anxiety. That's an extreme way of thinking, but it just makes me think like this is this wouldn't be fun to me. And I don't. And I actually think that's a bad thing about me that I wouldn't like. I think I I think I could go to a college basketball game and enjoy that. Really? But you like, can enjoy college basketball? The, well, relatively speaking, like the atmosphere, right? Like you can get into that. There are no stakes. You, you, I, don't you, I don't give a shit. You can go get drunk, right? Exactly. But uh, but like going to an NBA game as a fan, I don't know. Well, I like. To me, it's not even. It's not even just the, like really, really annoying people. <laughs> it's just the idea of like when you just can't see something objectively and see what it is for. Like this weekend, now the. The uh, Irish rugby team is playing New Zealand, and the Irish rugby team is close. You'll get to me in proper fandom, but I see like Ireland are missing Conor Murray, who's like the best rugby player in the world right now, and they're missing uh, Robbie Henshaw, who's one of our better players as well. And I'm like straight away, I was like, yeah, we're not beating New Zealand like that. Whereas if you're like one of these crazy fan people, you're like, oh yeah, we've got three backups, and we're going to beat the best one of the best rugby teams ever to, ever to play. And I just can't sit down and listen to that for two hours. That's not I can't do that. Let's pick games. Yeah, what are we talking about? All right, Thursday night. Oh man! By the way, I'm gonna waste an Aaron Rodgers game on a Thursday night on a short week. Come on, what the hell are you putting in front of me? What is that? I went to the NFL experience in Times Square, and um, what is that monstrosity? Can you not see? I can see like half of the picture of the of the face. This is Andrew Luck. <laughs> I went to the NFL experience on Times Square. It's uh, it's open until the end of the year, apparently. It was supposed to close a couple of months ago. And it's completely free. So, you can understand it's completely free. That was fr- completely free? No, that was 50% off. Uh, <laughs> How much did that cost? That costs $6. That's what I'm going to okay. do in, in the airport tomorrow. I've got eight hours to kill or something. Um, Please leave it in the airport. Please that's when, assemble that's it if and you... leave it in a corner of the airport, and then you're going to get arrested for leaving oh, something yeah. in an airport. You can't do that. I forgot about that over here. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in JFK tomorrow and you see a guy, like a grown man who is completely out of shape at this point because he's on vacation for a week, uh, putting together a little Andrew Luck Lego doll pe- thing, yeah. I suppose. That's me. Don't come over and say hello. Thanks. Say um, hello. No, go say hello to him. Take a picture with the Andrew Luck doll. Um, and send it to me, and I will I will pay you ten dollars <laughs> more than what the Andrew Luck doll cost. But I was at the NFL experience yesterday, and um, I went in and I was like, "Oh, this is free. That's kind of cool." And then on, on the elevator up to the top floor, I was thinking to myself, "When does the NFL ever give anything out for free?" It was like, "Oh, I learned pretty quickly why the NFL gave this out for free and why nobody is here." So bad. It's oh, awful. No. <laughs> There's a oh, 4D experience. Do you ever do these um? Like cinemas with the seats that move and jump around and I've never done. I mean, I've seen it, but I've never, I've but never done it. Like they work really well if it's like a roller coaster video or something like that. Sure. Or like you're a spaceship. Like they're doing Disney. It's like a spaceship video because you get thrown forward, thrown back in time with the video. They tried to do this with football, but they didn't like put you in the helmet of a football player or something. Right. They just showed you highlights and then moved you every so often. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. What's what's happening? So half ass. Yeah, it's, it's such all a half ass. Oh, but I did. Right. I did get a video of John Gruden talking uh, about how he was going to lead us to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. That's good. So speaking of half-ass Thursday night football, the Green Bay Packers are at the Seattle Seahawks, both on a short week. Uh, Seahawks are two and a half point favorites at home. 
Well, I just talked about the home team and our quarterback on a Thursday night and how effective they are, but this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, so I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers on the road. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers too, but I hate this game. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are three and a half point favorites. Are you opening that goddamn thing right now? I feel like the Cowboys turned the corner and getting Zeke uh, in, the, in the game a lot more helped. And if you can Is do there that a again. manual to that? Like, look how many pieces there are. There are so many pieces. There's like a thousand pieces to this. It's going to take me eight hours. It's going to be great. Um, so I think like if you have give the ball to Zeke enough against the interior of that defense, they were pulled apart by the Browns and beaten badly by the Browns, and Matt Ryan has to carry that Falcons team. Amari Cooper has changed the way they're play calling a little bit, and Amari Cooper's a really good receiver who has had a big impact, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm back in on the Cowboys, weirdly enough. I'm going to take the, the Falcons because oh I just Oh my god, you like... build his head first. By the way, I've also been in a pub this week called Jack Doyle's. I'm not even joking. That's the name of the pub. It's Jack Doyle's. <laughs> it's very rare I get you to be quiet on the spot. <laughs> he's given up. Someone's ringing him on the phone and he's just left. Cowboys seem to uh, take a step back every time they do something well this season, so I'm expecting them to do the same thing. I got the Falcons. I'm going to call immigration and get you deported in the middle of this podcast. Good, that means I can leave early. I, I want to go home. I'm sick of being here. Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens in the Who Gives a Fuck Bowl. The Ravens are favored by three and a half points. Um, this is Lamar Jackson. We didn't talk about this. We probably should have talked about this. Joe Flacco's going to be out because apparently his hip is screwed or something. I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention to it. All I heard was Joe Flacco's going to be out. Uh, I like Lamar Jackson's prospects as a developmental quarterback. I like that he's got a skill set that has peaks and valleys where he's got a great deep ball. He's going to be really elusive and he's going to play pretty well. I also think he's going to be a bit of a disaster when he first plays. So I am going to pick against Lamar Jackson. I'm going to pick against Marvin Lewis because why not? Uh, I think... It's official. It's an official one. It's an official piece of shit, not just uh, an artificial piece of shit. Um, I think I think it's weird to start your strong safety of the future at quarterback, but I, uh, you know, the Ravens are going to do it. Really? That's where you're going he's with black, this? He's a black quarterback. He's not allowed to be a quarterback, right? He has to be a different position. Well, that's the way it works. So I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I like the Ravens in this just because I don't like the Bengals. Also, something we didn't talk about. Apparently, John Harbaugh is on the hot seat and might be leaving Baltimore, which seems crazy. But it also tells us it, it also tells us that they were not in or that Harbaugh was not the guy pushing for the Lamar Jackson pick. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Panthers on the road, three and a half point favorites. Panthers, get out of here. Yeah, if you get the extra day, couple of days, we can do the Carolina Panthers. Oh, you can start singing again. Did you, did you forget that guy? The video no, I showed I'm you two to, weeks ago. I'm trying to figure out what the hell just happened. The roar. That's it. Remember he does that? Oh, you're, you're not. You're Come on. Let's move on. I feel, like I, I feel like I broke you. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Your dumbass doll you just got there that you got to build. Your build, your build a luck. Uh, Titans at doll build is, a luck. Doll is so, the wrong description of it. It's a piece of build, Lego. Oh, it's right. manly, all right? Your, your luck Lego is favored by two and a half points. Give me Mar oh, Mariota on the road against this. Terrible, terrible Colts team. I still don't think the Colts are any good. Give me the Titans. 
The Colts aren't good. Uh, my only real concern here is that, well, for one, Luck is going to be able to pick apart that secondary in a way that Brady didn't. And I'm also wondering, how is this Titans team going to react to being the Patriots and kind of being, hey, we're really, really good now. Are they going to actually kind of come out and play and take a step on? Or are they going to do this kind of... I, I, I'm concerned more about the defense and the offense. I feel like that secondary is problematic and I don't know how good they're going to be. But yeah, you've got to pick the Titans at this point. I think like the Colts... The Colts have achieved everything they need to achieve for this season. Luck yeah. is healthy. The, the, the new offense is really, really good. It looks really smart. Well done. Playing, play calling is smart. Don't, don't, they don't need to win any more games. Fitz Magic. Is he still going? They had, they had over 500 yards of offense and they scored three points. Yes. That's, because, ma- that's magical, though. Because he had two awful interceptions. They had one awful fumble and he had one Not awful his fumble. Fault. Not his fault. One of the fumbles was his fault. Fitz Magic at... Eli Mania. Eli Mania is uh, favored by a half a point. God, I'm not watching that game. What's the point? What's I'm, the point? I'm not. I'm taking I'll take, I'll take the. I'll take the Giants. I don't I'll, care. I'll take the Giants too, and I'm not watching that game. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Steelers are favored by five and a half points. That might be an interesting game because... Robert is Le'Veon Bell back? No. Or is he supposed to be back, or is that next week? It's the the deadline is today. Actually, the deadline is passed during this pod. I think, uh, so he might be back. He might not be back. Either way, we don't know. Um, I could this, look it up. I'm gonna look it yeah, up. Who cares? Um, ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger threw five touchdowns against the Panthers. Ben Roethlisberger's last two games against the Jaguars have been absolute nightmares. So he will probably throw three or four interceptions in this game again, like he has done in his last two games. The question is, can the Jaguars take advantage of this? I think the NFL is weird, so the NFL is weird, and you can do things like beat the Panthers, demolish the Panthers at home, and then go and lose to the Jags, and it's just normal. And I actually think the matchups here kind of favor the Jaguars. They'll be able to run the ball. Blake will be able to use his athleticism a little bit. The uh, secondary in Pittsburgh is a problem, even though the Panthers couldn't exploit it. I'm going to take the Jaguars. I'll take the Steelers. I think the Steelers are good. I think they're good. I think that's actually the best way of doing it. Just just good with the question mark. That's it. Yeah. All right. Texans at the Washington football team. Texans are favored by two and a half. Are we finished on buys now? Is there anything on buys left? I have no idea. Um, I think we're finished on buys. Uh, this is kind of one of those games where you want to pick the Texans because they've got Deshaun Watson and the other team is Alex Smith, which immediately, like, Deshaun Watson's fun. Alex Smith's not. But Washington has been so good this year, and they've been so good because they kind of know what they are on offense and are not trying to play outside of what they are on offense. And then defensively, that's probably been the big, most surprising unit in the league. I'm taking the Texans. Samesies. Even the Texans. All right. Denver Broncos at those Los Angeles Chargering Chargers. Chargering Chargers are seven and a half point favorite. That's a lot of points. Have you seen the Broncos this year? They got a defense. That is not a lot of points. Case Keenum has come back to being Case Keenum. This is it, yeah, it, he sucks. Uh, by the way, I watched on this broadcast on Monday Night Football, and they were talking about how uh, Pat Shermer is a quarterback whisperer and quarterback whispered with Case Keenum. Pat Shermer did with Case Keenum, moved him around in the pocket, got him outside the pocket, used a lot of play action. Uh, that's pretty much it. Outside of that, they had great receivers. Had loads of interception luck, and that's pretty much it. There is no way of setting Keenum up for success. It's not going to work. Broncos aren't good. Chargers are not. Chargers not, are. They're not. Chargers are. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. Chargers are. 
I've been burned too many times. The Chargers are better than the Broncos. That's as far as I'm going. Oh, I'll take it. All right. Oakland Raiders at the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely not. Next game. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Philadelphia Eagles are at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are eight and a half point favorites. And hey, the Eagles, This apart from why the Eagles, we don't really need to talk about them that much right now, is their schedule moving forward is horrendous. They're going to have a really rough time. And they've lost Ronald Darby, just tore his ACL. They've already lost a bunch of other defensive backs. They're too beat up. Like the only, the only argument for picking the Eagles in this game is sometimes this random shit in the NFL happens. And yeah. like the Bills beating the Vikings earlier this year. That's the only argument for this. The Saints are at home, better team, healthier team, all set up. The only kind of question mark is I want to know what Brandon Marshall's role is going to be in this offense. Outside of that, this game is pretty much going to be easy. Agreed, Saints. Uh, Vikings way, at the Bears. Ooh, by the way, good game. What a phenomenal last three games we've got this weekend after the weekend we just had. Yeah. Vikings, Bears, uh, at Bears. Bears are two and a half point favorites for Sunday Night Football against the Vikings. Uh, I think I got the Bears in this one because I do think they're the better team. But this, I don't know. This Vikings team can, can ruin some things. I entered the season pretty high on that Vikings team even though they signed a quarterback I can't stand. They have taken this step back. The Bears, that division is the Bears. And right now... Like, yeah, they might turn around and crater on themselves because they've threatened to do that a bunch of times this year. But based on the last couple of games, based on their overall talent level, that's the best team in the NFC North. And that's the team that should win the NFC North. And part of winning the NFC North is winning this game. And I think they're going to do it with some level. Like, they're not going to blow them out, but it's going to be a convincing, comfortable victory. Oh, I don't know. I think it's a tough game. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think Khalil Mack forces three fumbles. Hot take, Roach. This is called hot take, Roach. Who's the guy? Uh, oh God, I know his last name's Hunter. Is it Daryl Hunter? <laughs> Darnell <Daryl>. Hunter? <laughs> Darnell, yes. What's da- his name? Danielle. Dan- Danielle? Yes. Not Darnell. Are you sure it's D- not Daniel? D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. Daniel Hunter. It's not Danielle Hunter. Danielle. I'm Danielle's saying, a, I'm saying like an Italian. Name. Danielle. Daniela. So Daniela Hunter, uh, I think, forces four fumbles. How about that? You going to go higher? <laughs> Is that how we're playing now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think Roquan Smith forces no fumbles. Damn it. I win. Bears win, too, uh, by more than two and a half points. And then Monday Night Football from Mexico City. Maybe. The, maybe. Unless they move it. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, technically at the Rams. Rams are two and a half point favorites. What I find interesting about this game is that these two teams are very evenly matched, right? You can say they're the two best teams in football. Um, if you say that the Saints are better than both, I don't fight with that. But you can say, like, there's an argument these are the two best teams in football. And on a neutral field, even though it's technically a home game for the Rams, on a neutral field, the Rams are favored by two and a half. And I just feel like it should be a pick em either way. So I'm confused as to why without Tlaib, without Cup, the Rams are favored in this game. So I'll take the Chiefs and the points. I will too. I feel like I feel like these teams could play 100 times and one would win 49 and one would win 51. I don't think there's any major difference between them. And it'll probably come down to matchups and whether Watkins is fully healthy and whether, like, the Chiefs last week went against the Cardinals and you think they're going to blow the Cardinals. And they scored 26 points or whatever it was. But they did not blow that team out. They did not overrun that team. And they right. weren't able to because the Chiefs back or the, the Cardinals back seven has enough speed in it to 
contain that that um that offense in, to some degree as much as you can. Like Travis Kelsey got better coverage against him from Buddha Baker than anyone has all year. I don't think the Rams have those guys, but unlike the Cardinals, they, they don't. <laughs> they flat yeah. out don't. They flat out don't have those guys. But unlike the Cardinals, they have an offense that's going to pull that Chiefs defense apart. So the only thing that's like certain in this game is both of them are finishing with over thirty points. Yeah, I, I in our little tiebreaker thing on picks can pick them. I put thirty eight thirty six Chiefs. Yeah, I'm not allowed into my account anymore, so I haven't seen that in three Yeah, weeks. you're over. You're over. You haven't gotten a. They won't let me pick, pick right games. Last two weeks. That's it. I haven't got anything right the last two weeks. Even though you, I just, I just looked. Even you though zero points. Even though you and I have both picked the same teams in games, you somehow are getting points for that pick, and I am getting zero. It's weird how that works. I don't know. I just know I got, I got my teams correct. By so, the way, <laughs> never mind. Huh. There's a pub outside my window called O'Lamy's Irish Pub. Can I let everyone know right now that Americans are just out here making up Irish names? O'Lamy's does not exist. O'Lamy's? O'Lamy's. O-L-A-M-M-E-Y-S. It does not exist. Oh, it's not like a lamb. Like what you throw in like a... Do you throw lamb in a shepherd's pie? Or is it just dog meat? No, it's a shepherd. It's a horse? Horse meat? Do you not know or what a shepherd is? Humans? Did you think you a horse was a shepherd? You thought a horse was a shepherd? No, I just thought Irish people ate horse. No, Irish people race horses. To eat them. Race, not raise. Well, then you race them to get them nice and lean, and then you have that lean horse meat in a shepherd's pie. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess you've never been anywhere near my country. I've been to France. That's the closest I've been to Ireland. That's pretty much the same thing, yeah. A few, few, fewer berets. No, no Eiffel Tower. I had uh, some duck there. I had some uh, some frog legs there. Ugh, can't, I can't, can't do it. It's fine. I don't mind that. I snails? prefer alligator. Alligator's good. No, I, I can't do snails. I'm allergic. Wait, what? How did you find that out? Well, I'm allergic to mollusks. It's a mollusk. So What the fuck are we talking I about just, in this podcast right now? Mussels, scallops, clams, oysters. Can't even get violently ill. I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs as well. We're done with this. We did we? that. Yeah, Top three, um, middle three, bottom three. Are we still doing that? Out? Are we? Bottom three. Who are your bottom three teams? I don't care. Number 32. I don't care. Yeah, that's not how we're doing this. Number 32. Number 32, and I'm doing it just because they've annoyed me to the point of me doing it. I'm taking the Oakland Raiders and their quarterback who throws the ball away and fourth down like a fucking moron. Remember when he turned the corner and he was good? Uh, number 31, I also have the Raiders as 32. Number 31. You can't just do that. I have to, I have to pay a team and then you pick the same team. This is like some sort of like They're game clearly show. the worst team in football. Well, then you can pick the 30th or the 31st. First. Okay, then I'll take the Cardinals 31st. Okay, I'm going to take the Cardinals 31st. All right, then pick the pick your thirtieth team. Um, God, who is that? But it, it feels like the Forty ers are there. But like I, I, I watched the Forty ers they were better than the Giants, but they didn't. They threw the game away. So <laughs> right. Oh, actually, sorry. I know who I'm going with because I don't buy any of his Matt Barkley shit. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna go Bills as well. Look at that. We still have the same bottom three. That's, why this, three. that's why this segment Number is 17. pointless. Number 17. What's the point of this segment? Number 17. I'm going with Washington. 
Ooh, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. You know, we're saying Washington are having this great season, and they're like six and three. Like they're really not having a great season at all. My favorite stat differential: they're plus one. <laughs> plus one point on the season, six and three. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts. It's my turn for 16, not yours. Well, um, spoiler alert, I'm going with the Colts later. All right. Oof, there's no way you think that's true. I'm going to go with Packers. I think the Packers are the most average team in football. I'm going to go with the Colts. 15. Um, the Packers is a good shout for being in this range, but... I think with Aaron Rodgers, you just get that bump with me, and just you're gonna be you're gonna be top twelve, thirteen with him, just because whenever you go into a matchup with any other game, you're gonna have that advantage. I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's them dropping down quite a bit because of injuries and just performance in general. I'll go with the Vikings of Minnesota, number fifteen. All right, who's your third best team? <laughs> like we literally just talked about the Chiefs and the Rams and how they're exactly right next to each other, and how this doesn't fucking matter. Let's do let's do the three best teams, non Chiefs and Rams edition. So four through six? No, because I think the Saints are... All right, right. so who's number six? Number six... Oh, so you want to go five to three? But you just said the Saints <laughs> no, are... We're, we're, we're doing... <laughs> All right, look. The Saints, the Chiefs, and the Rams are the top three in whatever order. It doesn't matter. Who are the best three after that? I got the Rams number one. That's not what I asked you. All right, so number six. Who's the sixth best team in football? Ooh. Uh, I'm going with... The- I'm gonna- you go. I'm going to go with the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, I just realized I have to talk about the Chargers in this segment now. Damn it. Um, I'm going to go a little Charge bit. Charge it up! I'm going to go a little bit out in the limb here. Da-da-da! Charge! At least that was better than your Bill Simmons impression. I'm going to go with the Panthers. It wasn't a Bill Simmons impression. It was an impression of the fan. It was a dead-on impression of the fan's voice. It was a bit of a simple impression. Who did you go with number six? I wasn't paying attention. I'm going with the Panthers, even though they got blown out last week. Oh, I don't like that pick. Um, all right, I'm going to go with number five. I will go with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. At that, I think the Steelers seems good. Can I just like pick Philip Rivers and not the rest of the team? No, gotta pick them all. Well, Philip Rivers and them boys is all I'm going with. Oh boy. All right, and then number four, I think we both agree. Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. You see, there's no point picking these games. The number three, I've got Chiefs. Number two, I've got the Saints. Number one, I've got the Rams. Make sure you get that in just for everyone at home to make sure they know exactly who is the best team in the league. Otherwise, they couldn't figure this shit out for themselves. Todd Gurley's going to win MVP. No, he's not. They are never going to give a running back an MVP ever again. Why not? Because they're just because they're idiots. He's he has not stopped scoring touchdowns. He has one of like fifteen straight games or something like that. You don't need to convince me. You need to convince the idiots who picked this award. Mm-hmm.